Welcome to the Center Memphis podcast. At the Center Memphis, we existed to find reality and offer hope uh, to leaders in the marketplace and, and for your whole life. Um, we're here because we believe faith and, and, and work should not be separated, but they should be combined in an act, in an act of worship. And um, on our site, uh, at thecentermemphis.org, you can learn much more about us and how we have resources uh, for leaders in the workplace, how we have meetings, one-on-one uh, advice. We can hook you up with uh, someone in your industry uh, to talk specifically. Uh, we, uh, we have weekly studies that start back uh, the week after Labor Day and really a big conference coming up uh, the, the week uh, of Labor Day, uh, right after it, uh, the Faith Driven Entrepreneur and Faith Driven Investor Conference where we'll have uh, people like um, Andy Crouch and Tim Keller and Donald Whitney uh, and uh, Patrick Lencioni experts in investing, a diverse set of people who have invested and started on businesses, and it's going to be great. Two, two, two days of a four-and-a-half-hour conference. We're doing that at the Clark Tower uh, Conference Room, and you can look at the, our site, uh, thecentermemphis.org, to sign up. But today, it's our podcast, and we're here. Uh, our, our, our outstanding uh, uh, regular host is still out taking care of his growing family, Brantley Davidson, and uh, they are, I report that they are doing well. Uh, so Dan, it's just Dan Butler and I today, uh, and our extreme uh, producer uh, Will Walker uh, here today to cover um, that winners are both disciplined and dependent. So Howard, why are we talking so much about winners and having a series on this topic? Well, have you thought about winning this week? Every day. <laughs> Everybody thinks of that all the time. We're obsessed. Our culture is obsessed with winning. Uh, and so, we, yeah, sure, you get this Olympic theme going, and it's a time that we're particularly uh, focused on it, you know, uh, last month. But we know, really, um, we're all the time in business and efforts. We know, we, we highlight in the last podcast, that sometimes people don't even know who they're fighting. They're just trying to beat somebody actually on their own team um, at work and in life. Uh, kids and sports, you, you see it every day. And so we think about winning. So what we are really, our n- number one mode of operation at the center is to, to look and see what's going on in the world, what people care about, and then to see what God's word says about it. And that's, that's what we're doing on winning. We're saying, you know, what does God say about it since we're all so uh, obsessed with it? Well, that'll help kick us off to what are the seven attributes we've already covered around being a winner? We should say them again, shouldn't we? And our Absolutely. definition even. <laughs> The winners are gifted people who are focused on specific goals that they pursue with relentless passion, intentional discipline, detailed preparation, confident in the outcome, they understand the cost of their pursuit, and humbly surrender to that which is not necessary uh, to the mission as they look forward to their reward. That's, we, that's a summary of what we think the Bible says about um, winning. And, the, and just the seven attributes we've pointed out are gifted, that um, people know they possess specific talents and abilities, uh, there's a great article on that on the site. Our site, talent, use it or lose it. Um, there's uh, that they're focused. They see they see possibilities others don't uh, by by visioning and then focusing in on those. And then you can see the examples of that throughout the Bible. And there, there's scripture references in our articles on this on the site. And passionate, they have a strong desire to accomplish the mission of their business of their team. Paul, I, I desire to preach where others have not preached. Um, and then uh, today we're going to cover the D's, dependent and disciplined. 
We've already covered surrendered, which is fully understanding the pursuit. And then, yeah, we'll wrap it all up with confident in victory uh, next time. But today. Yes, sir. We're talking about discipline and being dependent. So let's start out with discipline. Um, Howard, what, give us an example of someone who is disciplined that comes to mind when we, when we first talk about that. You know, again, this, this, of course the Olympics inspired this a little bit and realizing we see it everywhere, but Katie Ledecky, the most decorated uh, female swimmer of all time, the most world championship, most uh, gold medals. And because of COVID and because of her dedication to her routine, she actually didn't see any, she was a very close-knit family, um, but didn't see any of her family at all from March 2020 to April 21. Wow. Because she was so dedicated to her team because COVID would have shut down a week. Mm. Somewhere else, you know, we had kind of chronicled in one of our articles one time, Lance Armstrong knew that if he had a beer or a milkshake, right. what that did to him even six months later because yep. of what affect, how it affected the next day's ride, the next day's ride. But Katie is so disciplined and so dedicated that she didn't even see her family uh, to keep her routine exactly intact uh, because of the risk of the virus. Well, that's a great example of uh, like personal, like sports and all that kind of stuff. What about like from a, a business perspective, what comes to your mind? Well, we're in Memphis and we love Memphis <laughs> and we love that the companies have made Memphis great. Uh, FedEx, I mean, uh, Fred Smith uh, and the other executives there, Rob Carter's continued this a tradition of, you know, even the pa- knowing the package, tracking every single detail about where that package is, is once said that the pa- knowing the detail of the package was more important than the package itself because mm. they continued to get better. Said so that they had a, a disciplined environment of continuous improvement. They had a brand discipline. Uh, Fred was very involved. The, 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 so articles of chronic uh, in the brand architecture mm. and, and just the way that uh, company was built. And so great discipline of brand, great discipline of technology, uh, great discipline of absolutely positively overnight. Um, there's just so many great stories around that. But they didn't do it without sticking to very uh, regimented routines from financial to brand to, to, uh, to sorting and operations. So that's a great example. And I think I've known you for 20 years, and, and, and I've always thought of you as a disciplined person. What about personally? What, what comes to mind when you think about discipline? You know, uh, more every day. <laughs> and it, it does, uh, I, I, don't think, I don't think I'm naturally that way. But I learned early in career that if I, if I actually don't run sometime, I'm not a nice person in the morning. You know, <laughs> I got to wake my body up. I, was, I found like all my conversations were going great in the afternoon, but they mm-hmm. were going terrible as I was a new career executive, you know, 20 years ago. And I just like, uh, I had to get my body going, so mm-hmm. I, exercise was how I did it. That's funny. How I, about it? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about like, it, and literally it came to mind from last night. Um, my wife and I are watching this new series uh, and watching it at the very end of the nights usually, and last night it was at the height of, like, the what was going on in the show, you know, like the climax of the show, and I literally just clicked the button and turned the TV off. <laughs> she, Why'd you do that? I was like, I got to go to bed. I got to get up at 5 a.m., do my devotion, and uh, – get my run in so your wife hates you she wasn't too happy about that no no but i mean (laughs) but you know i you know i always refer that as the tax we give you know Mm. but you know that's there's a tax to being disciplined and so like you mentioned katie ledecky gave up her family that was the tax she paid right loves her family right loves her family but she was willing to give up that time 
and that was the tax she paid to be the uh, Olympian athlete. So for me, it's like I give up going out to a ball game or, you know, going out, hanging out late with friends or, you know, I'll shut my kids laugh because at 10 a.m., 10 p.m., like I'll just want, good night guys and just literally go to the uh, the bedroom and go to bed because I know I want to start the day right. I'm going to start at the right time. I want to start at the right time. Similar time. Because if I don't, you know, what I've found is just one day of doing it or letting it go will lead to a second day. To a th- This is me personally. And like some people can yeah. can bounce more. But yeah. for me, discipline, that, that that's what I had to do. So that that's my extreme example for me personally. And when are you going to finish the movie? Tonight. Okay, good. So <laughs> she knows. Hopefully, hopefully we have yeah, reserve enough time to go through the... And your love for her is even more disciplined. It's just it's the yeah. timing. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what other examples have you seen? You know, I was thinking about um, Elon Musk. I mean, he's an extreme example. Like, if you read articles about him and his habits, and um, like he gives up sleep. Like, I, he's actually the opposite, right, of me. Yeah. I want my seven hours because that's what I know I need to be disciplined for my day. He's willing to go to two, four hours a night to make sure that the assembly line does what it needs to do. The Tesla's got, you know, all the things are covered. And um, anyway, I always think about him when I think about extreme. He's so into it. He's, He's giving so, up stuff all over the place. He wants Tesla to succeed and be whatever that his mantra is to, you know, the best electric car in the world, I guess. But um, yeah, to make a, a cleaner world, cleaner make, world. make a cleaner world right. without, you know, dependency on fuels. That's amazing. And why, why do you think... Uh, we do that stuff. They do this stuff. What, are, what What's the reason behind that? Well, even like, even I think even like the uh, early day FedEx example. You know, there's a legend that it was. It, you know, things weren't going great, and that even maybe the it, it Fred had gone to investors and and done everything he needed to do. Employees were all in, and that he he even gambled to 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 get what he needed to to finish and make the ends meet. Uh, because he's that into it. So I think like because uh, you could see the prize, what mm. if we could get this done? Mm. Um, well, that's why they do it. And that, and that article we've highlighted this week, and I, I even tried to write an article on this and was looking at all these examples, <laughs> and I always uh, go to Desiring God to make sure I'm theologically lined up. And I found this article on um, discipline uh, by John Bloom, by self-discipline, and he just says, he highlights LeBron James. Mm-hmm. LeBron James spends $1.5 million a year subjecting himself to things that the vast majority of us avoid. <laughs> so for his whole physical discipline eating routine, he's got, he spends a million and a half dollars keeping himself on track mm-hmm. so that he, can, that he can achieve the prize. And it's about the prize. Um, and here's his quote. This is a quote I love from the article. The power of self-discipline comes from the prize whatever we want the reward we believe will yield us the great the greatest pleasure whatever we think and so when we don't stick to it uh if you get into that movie so let's just stay with your example right this movie's so good i'm giving up my run right and so we we all compromise the things we plan to be disciplined about all the time not you uh not on the movie (laughs) uh but we do and so it's and when we fall off doing what we know we should do, uh, when we sin, I mean, you know, because I'm seeing some other prize mm. that's, um, that's, that's messing with me. And then he, he says this one other thing. I'm not going to talk too long but yeah. on this, but he says, here's the point. Elite athletes don't live disciplined lives because they think disciplined lives are virtuous. They're not stoics or hedonists. They're not, like, trying to be more virtuous 
And I think that's the whole point. Uh, but they're pleasure seekers. They live disciplined lives and endure all kinds of self-denial because they want the pleasure of the prize. They believe the pleasures of the wreath, medals, trophies, rings, records are superior to the pleasures of uh, self-indulgence, to popcorn and beer. (laughs) So I got a funny story about that. Tell you later about uh, Lance Armstrong. You know, I said that article to buddies of mine that I run with. I said, look, this is what Lance gives up, you know, cake and knows what that affects his, you know, six months from now and a good friend replied back said that's great the only difference is i don't care <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that, that to him it didn't matter at all so i just thought that was funny like, right and you his might price, argue lance cared too much that's right it was <laughs> too it was extreme full history of that when yeah. i heard when i heard him say all that at our little business conference in dallas uh i was impressed with the calculation but you know then you later understand wait a minute it might be a little off in his desires. That's right. But, I mean, even through all that discipline and everything else, I think the point of the second D is we're still dependent. So what does that look like, Howard? What, what does that mean to you? Wait a minute. You mean LeBron doesn't do it all by himself? Right. Think about I mean, his team. Yeah. You mean Fred Smith didn't do it all by himself? Katie didn't do it all by herself? Ledecky, the greatest female swimmer of all time? Um, no, they're, they have – huge infrastructure around them mm-hmm. <laughs> a million and a half a lebron spends so he knows he's dependent on others uh katie knows she's dependent on others uh to do all that lived in dorm and uh you know even to communicate with her family people she loved she had to have all these other things set up and fred of course knew he's, did, he's a lot of reasons he's when you get a team gathered up you know and, and even you have an original goal mm-hmm. even it's huge but now the team's behind you and so you know you're dependent on that team and then, more than anything, who made us? Right. What's the real dependence, right? Who are God we dependent on? God made us. Yeah. He made us just the way we are. And I think this was just in the article this week, I spent some time on this, but asking each person to think about, uh, look at your strengths. Where'd you get them? You know, we don't control our timing. We don't control you know, how we, when we got on earth. Uh, we don't control our gene pool. We don't control you know, so many things of the day, even the stoplight mm-hmm. that you miss. You decide not to run uh, can slightly change the trajectory of, mm-hmm. of, of your day. And so there's so much we don't control. What are things you, you think of that you don't control that you're glad of? Well, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about this earlier, where, uh, that we're glad of, is that what you said? Yeah. Just, yeah, when we were born, how were we born, where, you know, who we were born to, who our parents are. Like, we're, that's, that's all through God. I mean, we didn't have any control of that. And how, you know, what we talked about earlier, like some of the worst things that have happened to us in our life, where do we end up turning our dependence on? You know, that's right. if, if we have the eye on the right prize. That's right. So, how about you? That's right. I, you know, I'm just so uh, dependent, right? In, in my, and, and when I realize it, I'm so um, relieved. Yeah. You know, when I believe, it's when I think, oh, i got to do one more thing, one more thing, when, I, when I've got my schedule exactly perfect, and again, I, b- I believe in a, a good schedule to, to run you. I believe in uh, what uh, people, Michael Hyatt and our friend Rod Thompson teach, you know, a startup routine mm-hmm. for your day, a startup routine for your work, a startup routine, a, a shutdown routine for your work, and a sh- shutdown routine for your day. Um, but when I, when I get too hyper-focused on those things, I forget where the power comes from, and the, mm. the power of a startup routine that's that's from God and even even my mistakes I mean you know like uh my son 
is going through Rush down at Ole Miss right now. I think back to those times, think back to fraternity life, and I probably wanted nothing more than to be uh, president mm. of that fraternity. And, and, it, and it, I didn't get it, and I was really hurt by it. But yet then I started a business the next, two months later. Mm. <laughs> you know, that really right. propelled me to, to do the, the whole thing I did in my career for 30 years. So right. one loss, in the, probably even the way I handled it, uh, caused a loss. Mm. Uh, but then God used it to, to do something that shaped the rest of my life. Your, your trajectory, yeah, for the rest. Yeah. And then think about what that's led to and just, yeah, the whole story. So that's yeah. awesome. How about you? Man, um, you know, I think, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, well, I think one that I think about is is when we were starting to have kids, and I quit. I think I've used this example before, but I quit my job to work for a company out in Moscow, Tennessee, yeah. and it was all about the money. You know, I didn't depend on God to provide. I just was. It was all about what I thought was what I needed. You, you hear the word "I" yeah. over here, and, yeah. and just realized a year later that 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 was the wrong choice. You know, and then that that led to me reverting back, taking a, a lateral move, get back to Memphis in a, a, a smaller plant, you know, just all the things that I would have said that was uh, hindering my career. Yeah. But it actually helped propel me to quit, you know, six, seven years later. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, and if I'd done that, if I kept with that job and the misery and the, and the drive and all that it entailed, I don't think I would have been able to, to, to create the career that I did. Kind of the same thing you were talking about with the college example. So God disciplines us even through our own experiences. Right. And we're, you know, some of us are You tried it on your own. I can yeah. read every book. Right. And the books really help me. Uh, articles can really help me, but mostly combined with a life experience when I've seen it. Oh, wait a minute. I was chasing money there. Mm -hmm. I was chasing the wrong thing. I was. And then, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can't serve both God and money. Mm -hmm. It won't work. I can't, I can't pretend this business is about uh, money. If I say I serve God, yeah, I mean, I can't pretend it's about God if I'm, if I'm really using money, either, vice versa. So, and I remember in that example, I mean, the tax for me was just my relationship with the wife, my relationship with the kids, uh, no, no time for mentoring or being mentored because I'm way out in the boonies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and sure. it was all about getting the salary to match what Leah had lost by, you know, cutting down her work hours to be more, more home with the kids. So I was focused on that, the numbers, the discipline of the Budget balancing budget balance, right. versus a life surrendered, right. which is a, which was the last podcast right. and last article. That's right. <laughs> you know, right? Yep. So different. But yep. he does love our mistakes. And I, I was reading in our, you know, one-year Bible, I got, I got with the Bible project. I started the New Testament today. So it's genealogy mm -hmm. in Matthew. And you just, and of course, I'm thinking about this podcast <clears> we're going to do. And, um, and it's so good to let uh, God's word wash over what we're doing. Uh, versus like what the next smart thing I'm going to say. But what popped out in the genealogy is, you know, that, that um, obviously Jesus and, and is, is a real person made in real time by all nothing but fallen people in his genealogy. And the way it calls out Solomon born to the wife of Uriah. So here in the middle of the genealogy of Jesus, it calls out David's largest mistake. Mm. Because he didn't say, he could just said, born to David and Bathsheba, but no, by the wife of Uriah, who David had murdered, mm. you know, so he could take what he wanted. Um, so, you know, that was a huge, that's obviously one of the biggest mistakes chronicled in the Bible, but God really uses it to say, not only that, I'm, 
And, you know, I had somebody I was discipling one time said, well, yeah, even Jesus made mistakes. He, you know, he got Jesus. He got Judas. Mm. No, no mistakes. Right. Our, the fallenness of David in his genealogy, the fallenness of every one of his disciples and apostles, the fallenness of us. He's using it at all to his glory that we rely on his perfection. He, in perfection, he chose weak men uh, and women to follow him uh, that his name might be great. You know, I think that's, you know, just on a personal level, I would tell you, like, the, you, I mean, you say this a lot, just there are no mistakes. And that's probably one of my biggest struggles is understanding that. You know what I mean? And just really believing that in my heart that, that God allows mistakes to happen for his good and his glory. And so just sharing that as far as yeah, they're not, there are no mistakes that can't be redeemed. That's right. Yeah, we, when we made them, we know it's a mistake. You know, if right. I throw something, if I crash through that window right now, right. that's a stupid mistake. All right. But somehow there's redemption that. that can come it, from that. That's it can't right. be redeemed. That's right. So let's wrap it up. I know we got uh, try to keep this short and sweet. How do <laughs> discipline and dependence go together? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Spiritual disciplines. Knowing that knowing God is our if when we are seeking Him. I find that more and more in my daily life, obviously, as I've uh, committed my life to helping others live out their faith at work, but even when I'm trying to write something, like I'm trying to write this article this week, when I'm relying on God, when I'm reading His Word, kind of the next thing I need to write or do comes naturally. When I'm trying to say the next smart thing, it doesn't. So then depending on Him in true spiritual discipline, a true startup routine or a daily office, uh, some would call it, uh, to get into their, their five really spiritual disciplines. And, uh, and Donald Whitney, in, in a great book called The uh, Disciplines of Christian Life, he says, reading God's Word, and it starts there even for, he lists that before prayer, but prayer, worship, evangelism, and silence and journaling are the five. Uh, but when I get into God's Word and then pray, and I, and I need His Word to learn how to pray. <laughs> Jesus defines how to pray. Uh, so the more I'm into His Word, uh, the richer my prayers are, um, our worship, uh, surrendering back to God, everything. And, of course, what we teach at the center is that um, corporate worship is important. It might be, and it might be the most important hour and a half of the week for those of you who go longer than an hour. But your whole life is a response and a worship to God. So how do I extend that and worship through my work? In Hebrew, the word work and worship come from the same word. Mm. Uh, so... Worship with all of your life. How am I worshiping God today in my work, uh, which is in, sh- in, in praise and evangelism? How do I talk about, you know, we talk about what we love. So how can I not talk about the God who loved me and did everything for me uh, and died for me um, and teach others the same? And then uh, silence and journaling, something that I'm really just, if I rated myself, it'd be terrible. <laughs> right. uh, but I've never done it that I wasn't happy I did it. Um, mm. So, um, and I think, would you say that, that having these is a great path of just having that dependence and discipline on your relationship with God? I mean, I feel like if I read through, if I wrote them down as you're talking and thinking through that, it's like, you really need all of them Yeah, to make it a complete, just working on that relationship and just giving that closeness to God and shaping your life and shaping your day and shaping your interactions and, and your love of people and your neighbor and. And all that. So. That's right. Spiritual disciplines that help me know God mm-hmm. will then send me out the rest That's of the right. day. A famous pastor Spurgeon, I think, said, well, what do you do when you have a really busy day? Do you still spend, uh, actually spend two hours in the Word and prayer? 
to get ready. I spend more time. How's that work in math? Well, it just it works out because then God then I realize where to spend my time. And I think after kind of reading some of these articles, I just kind of realized I'm doing my daily devotion, but I wasn't ending it in prayer to send myself out for the day yeah. to apply what I've learned and apply what I've learned in the past and then just ask for guidance for the future. So that was kind of a conviction for me that I thought was good, you know, coming out of this lesson and the series is that you got to have all, you know, you got to have all this to, to, to really change your heart and get the fruits of the spirit really playing out in you day by day. So true. So true. That nails it. Wraps up. So let's pray. Let's pray. We hadn't, we hadn't prayed into podcast. Let's do that. All right. Lord, you are good. And there's nothing that we have that's not from you. Every good, good and perfect gift from above. Lord, so we thank you. Uh, for our lives. We thank you for uh, each person listening today and, and what you're doing in their life. Uh, well, the mistakes that you're redeeming, uh, their, uh, their best efforts that you're uh, showing them that are from uh, you and caused by you and going back to you. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd be with each person and, and help us uh, to know we're yours and help us to get up in the mornings and, and spend our days uh, responding back uh, to what you've given us. I pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Great one. Good. All right, I'll remind you, Faith-Driven Entrepreneur and Faith-Driven Investor co- coming up September 8th and 9th. Go to thecentermemphis.org to learn more and to sign up for our groups this uh, fall that start the next week, start the week of the 12th, uh, two in East Memphis on Wednesday, two in East Memphis on uh, Friday, but all those are at the Clark Tower. And on Thursday, we'll be downtown on Main Street uh, in, our, in our group. So uh, sign up for those starting that week and uh, see our resources there. Sign up for one-on-ones with our advisors in uh, almost every industry that exists in Memphis. Uh, We exist to help leaders define reality and offer hope, and we do that by connecting to God's Word and connecting to people who know God. Uh, So have a great day. Yep. Thank you.